A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers are qualified. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. on the rocks i'm mav i'm santa and i'm mandy and uh this episode is on a very glee christmas which obviously what better time to talk about christmas than may indiscriminate date in may whenever this whenever this podcast is is you know uploaded all right we got so uh very glee christmas this is the 10th episode of season two it premiered on December 7th, 2010, and was viewed by 11, 11.1 million people. So starting to go back up, I'm going to consider this the Blaine effect. Um, side note, uh, this is the last episode before uh, the whole like winter break season pause sort of thing in between, like in the middle of seasons, um, which reminded me how much I fucking hated that when mm. um, watching live. So see the little summary Jason and me needs a little refresher on uh, on the episode itself the glee club celebrates christmas will saying that trees and gifts is not tr- the true meaning of christmas um they prepare a plan to help out the homeless children and raise money while the christmas season progresses the glee club attempts to help Brittany forget about santa as she has truth faith that he is real when the glee club brings her to sit on santa's lap and ask for a gift she asks for Artie to walk again giving New Directions another problem to solve. Sue conducts a devious plan to destroy New Directions Christmas while Rachel tries to win back her lost love with Finn. Meanwhile, Kurt and Blaine exist happily over in Dalton. This episode was written by Ian Brennan and directed by Alfonso Gomez Rayon. So, so it's Christmas. Who, who has the Christmas spirit? Uh, uh, me? If someone would like you, to ply me with presents, I'll find the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Something, something, stuff my stocking, something, something. Sounds about right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, the best way, I, the easiest way I split this up was sort of kind of going, going this is what's going on in McKinley, and this is what's going on in Dalton, uh, which is, I think, how I'm going to end up splitting a lot of things as I watch them <laughs> uh, moving forward. It's sort of just like a, here, here, are, here are like two, like, lines of of uh of storylines here were two choices made (laughs) i should say i i enjoy the christmas episodes just because they're for the most part fun they're they do like every glee episode have have things that make you go seriously Mm -hmm. you know yeah fluffy and fun um my my first note that I have here, because um, I my notes I just wrote as I was re- as I was watching, it, it was literally a whole rant on Emma, which I feel like is a slight deviation from my my normal characterization mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. ranting on Shu. I actually mm-hmm. don't have a rant on Shu. 
on this episode. Wow. Sorry. No, it's cool. It's, I know. It's different. It's different. I felt I didn't want to, I didn't want to like, you know, pigeonhole myself. But yeah, I, I felt Will acts like he always acts in this episode. Not, not to just, I mean, just buffoonish and annoying, but I'm like, well, that's just him. So, but mm-hmm. what was frustrating to me was as soon as we were opening with the, the episode, you have Emma going, trying to convince Will to come to her Christmas party. Um, you know, and just kind of really wanting to be to be close and good friends with him. And despite the fact that she's now married, and I just kind of wanted to just sit there and shake her a little bit. Partly one going, you don't need him as a friend, but also it's clear that he can't handle and or deal with this. And you pushing it is not a good thing. And in fact, you should just kind of let that go. Mm-hmm. But I think they write Emma as such an idiot and so childlike. Um, she is not, doesn't even really make her a person. And I kind of, I was comparing that to, to Brittany as far as just like, you have this stick of her being like a little dumb and a little ditzy. And I feel Emma is that way, but more like on an innocent, not necessarily dumb, but more just like very innocent. And you've played on it so much that you've made this character, unvi- you know, unviable as a person. Because people aren't like this, and it's infuriating. And just, I like Emma in theory, but like just the opening of the episode with that frustrated me, and I ended up just kind of ranting. So mm. I, I just like how they lean in on a stick so hard that you that you destroy a characterization and make it not a character. And in and in today's episode, that that rant was focused on that. Yeah, I mean, I I think especially for this episode, Emma's a little bit of a caricature of herself, which Glee did well sometimes, because Sue is also a caricature in this episode, but it's funny. Mm -hmm. With Mm -hmm. Emma, it's just sad. Well, it's funny that you, I I agree, with with Emma, it is sad, and it is sad in, I think, other episodes, where it's almost like we we don't know how to get her to do X because we've written her character so much to do why. So mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And with the way they've, they've written her, it is, it is just kind of sad and pathetic in a way. And yeah, I hate using those words as descriptors for Emma because I want to like her, but, but you guys aren't helping me with your writing. I, yeah. I think it's interesting that you say. Oh yeah. I, I think that they were trying to show Emma as wanting to like, maintain a friendship even mm-hmm. after actually I would have loved if Glee had done that once successfully had people like interested romantically it didn't work for really valid reasons they just left it alone and became friends eventually that would have been like monumental for this show yeah um the only time Glee actually did that well is when they actually just forgot two characters used to date <laughs> which yes. is quite the same thing they did that with Kurt and Mercedes, but I feel like yeah. there's extenuating circumstances there. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it would be interesting if it was both romantically attracted, didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just the difference. I wonder if they forgot Tina and Artie dated, and that's why that, I that. fully think that sometimes when they did that well, it's just because they couldn't bother remembering what their minor characters used to do. Yeah. They needed to have, you know, that, uh, that board that they were explaining like 
here's the new directions, like romantic relations or like the relationship entanglement board. Yeah, they yeah. needed that like in the need, writer's room. They needed that in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. Here are the lines to friendship. Here are the lines to uh, the dating. Here are people that have hooked up together. Here's who's cheated on who with two other people. Yeah, just to to make their relationships more um, fleshed out. Because mm-hmm. it, it's interesting when two characters used to date and now they're just friends. And how that dynamic changes and how that dynamic even works. And in many cases, it feels like for many characters when they used to date and they're no longer dating, they just don't have them interact. Because yeah. um, I'm thinking of like Quinn yeah. with Finn. I don't think she really interacts with him outside of when they were dating mm-hmm. or like breaking up. But like just casually, I don't think they really interacted as friends. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, they hardly interacted when they were dating. Uh, there's that. I guess it's kind of hard to interact outside of it too. It's hard to have two characters talk to each other when they have the same classes and the same activities and they're in the same glee club. They just have, you know, nothing in common. No common ground there. No common ground. They don't have the same friends. They don't have the okay, same Okay, I don't troubles. want to derail this, but I am totally about to. Uh, Finn and Quinn had way more in common than Rachel and Finn did. Oh, yeah. So, like, clearly they would have had, like, way more to talk about and, like, way more to actually go and do, but yeah. Actually, do we see Rachel and Finn like having conversations of here's what we do outside of Glee Club and high school? No, I, mean, I don't think, don't think so. so. The only thing that comes so to that are when they're expressly showing you that they don't have much in common. Like the the pig gift thing keeps coming into my mind. Like that they don't understand mm. each other. It's supposed to be the mm-hmm. comedic value. It. Like, look, look how much he doesn't know her. Look how dumb he is, because he doesn't understand. It's like that that's not that's not good. Noted. All right, well. This has been a fun jump down and down talking about their the lack of character is characterization, lack of fleshing characters out. I mean, I'm not I'm not quite sure what really set me off with this episode because I mean, like I said, I for the most part I like all the Christmas episodes. And I liked this one. It just that literally just set me off. Though so, um, I do think it's funny that you mentioned earlier, Mandy, that um, a stick not working versus a stick working. And you said, you know, Sue in this episode is funny, but um, in but for Emma, she's kind of pathetic. Mm-hmm. I got my other rant is uh, is on Sue. Oh, really? Are you trash yeah. talking Sue? I'm not trash talking Sue. But okay, so I'm pulling my rant up because I literally wrote it out. Um, for me, her characterization felt way off. Well, I mean, um, yeah, like me saying she's a caricature in this episode is definitely saying that this is not, you know, this is not characterization I'm going to hold accountable for other episodes. Mm. It, I guess it was more, I was assuming you were saying this is this is her playing into her characterization as opposed to you saying it's just she's, they've taken an aspect of it and blown it out of proportion is what I you're mean, saying. Yeah, and I think that's that's okay. something that I can forgive a show doing for episodes that I understand the motivation for it on. Like a Christmas episode is going to be like a little bit set outside the norm because they're trying to do something like specific with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, and that, that makes me, I guess, more forgiving of some characterization, but only when I see how it relates to the actual thing, like Sue being a Grinch literally was, you know, Sue being a Grinch. Emma trying to force things with Will did not contribute to that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because she had been very that. clear in a previous episode that, like, that made Carl uncomfortable. Yeah. And she understood that it made Carl uncomfortable, and it hasn't been that much time as far as we know between that for like their marriage to settle and for her and Will's relationship to, to change enough to make it a little less weird if she's like come over to our house and have a Christmas party and let's all get drunk and surely nothing weird will happen there. Carl deserves right. better Emma. He's good to yeah. you. Don't do Carl's like good that. to you. Just relax. Good to you. He helps. you can probably get free dental care. Yeah. And uh, you're a teacher, Emma. Let's not turn your nose up at that. Yeah, I know, right? You know the um, yeah, no, the rant my my rant on Sue is just essentially like I felt her characterization is way off, and I just kept getting frustrated with her um, storyline of her stealing presents from like homeless children because I didn't feel I'm like that's that's not Sue. That's not what she would do because she's mean, but she's not mean to people that are like super that are already like down and out and have their own problems. Cause you we've seen her with Kurt um, and we've seen her like uh, with her sister. Um, and I feel like I could, her rigging the, uh, the, the um, secret Santa so that everybody has to give her presents 100% a Sue thing. Mm-hmm. And her saying those presents are now all mine. I'm now mm-hmm. going to take them. Also could totally see her doing it. When they're like, we're going to give these to, to children that don't have much. And she's like, no, I'm taking them. That's when I was like, okay, but that's not, that's not her. That's like not what she would do. And that, that made me frustrated. I do, I do appreciate her dressed up as the cringe with Becky as Max. I found that <laughs> hilarious. I mean, I was just like, well, that's just ridiculous that she would like literally put, just put all that makeup on her to go steal the presents. But I appreciate it. I was amused as hell for that. It does seem to feed the episode more than it feeds character development. It does. And I mean, I, I get, Mandy, your point, especially when saying, like, this is an, an, almost an episode out of time. Yeah. Because we're like, yeah. this is more and for I just general assume, audience being able to enjoy as well, I'm assuming. Right. I assume the Christmas episodes are not things that, I mean, like, it, it, they don't move anything along. They're strictly like, how can we shoehorn in Christmas references and Christmas songs? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the only thing that happened actually not, did anything happen in this episode that moved any storyline permanently along yes. no well what Versailles, okay i i realized that they did yes. the thing together but that's still and, not like <laughs> no i will i will argue and i will say that they did a hundred percent move some of Kurt and Blaine's characterization. Yeah, I don't. I mean, outside the only of, outside of just being just having a duet. So I will say yes. I feel Kurt's comment about saying uh, when when Shu asks, "Is that someone special?" and he says, "No, we're just friends." But I like I want him to be, um, and on the upside, he's at least gay. Is movement of saying of of actually saying, "Hey, Kurt actually has a crush on this man." It's it's minor movement. Like if you took this episode out of the Kurt and Blaine story, it wouldn't affect you understanding their story, which is kind of my definition for like, does it, you know, does it do anything permanent? Like you could you could take away 
Kurt saying that because he's gonna say it again multiple other times on other episodes. Yeah, but not not I don't love it. That's just my argument for like why sh- why Sue didn't bother me that much because I it think, didn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean the impermanence of this episode is also in like all of a sudden Artie can walk and then yeah, and then and the walk again. <laughs> never. <laughs> This like thousand dollar piece of equipment is never used again. Yeah, and they they, they do actually it. mention it in another episode. They do, but they mention it in such like a bullshit way, like oh, it broke the next day. Like okay, yeah, yeah. come on, it's- Tiny Tim. Like what the fuck? Well, that was that was the last rant I had. It's fun, Artie. Which I think we should just like same. three yes. paragraphs of rants broken by like a couple like one liners. Mm-hmm. I'll save that rant for the. No, no, I think we yeah. should save the joy of Kurt and Blaine for the end. Yes. Because okay. Kurt and, Kurt and Blaine rant Yeah, I think we should get all of our, like, Brittany Artie rants out of the way because I want to save the joy cool. of Baby It's Cold Outside. I can do I can do that. Okay. All right, so can we all just take a moment and discuss Artie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I get that Brittany just wanted to help Artie, but I also feel this story line was so clumsily. Um, there was just... I feel the, there was intention and then there's execution. And I feel like the intention here is to to show something like happy and like sort of makes everybody like warm and fuzzy on the inside. But you didn't really you didn't do that. Um, I, I, I kind of appreciated the way they handled Brittany still believing in Santa because I feel like that could have easily been played for like um, – mean laugh and mm-hmm. sort of like disillusioning her it is another nail in the why won't you let her actually be like a full-grown person but um at the same time i'm like okay well at least we're leaning in on on she believes in santa so let's allow her to keep that um which i thought was nice but the way they want her the way they, the way they basically go okay she's going to ask santa to um to have Artie walk and so therefore we're going to put this whole storyline together where she loses some faith and she gets it back and at the end Artie gets to walk it's like I I don't yes I get I get where you think that that sounds heartwarming but I don't want to assume for those who are differently abled so I'm, I'm not trying to assume but based off of my understanding of a lot of the arguments that I've seen as far as how you know differently able bodies are depicted in media is stop trying to put a focus on having us being able to do certain things that able bodies do like we can do a lot of other shit and we can also fully you know able to do stuff it everything doesn't revolve around being able to save them because mm-hmm. that's not they don't necessarily need saving and that's what i felt that this was was like Brittany saying hey you need to be able to walk. So I'm going to do that. And even though that was done from a positive, you know, place, it was not handled well, in my opinion. Does this all make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I disagree that I liked the Britney thing because it, for me, Britney still believing in Santa is such like, it points so much towards her being uh dumb <laughs> i can't think of a better word at the moment but like her, it, her naivete about things was like such it, 
so highlighted here in that she's a grown, well, she's not grown, she's a teenager, but she's at least 16 or 17, still believing in Santa. And yet she's out, she's also doing adult things like having sex with other people and operating in the world, but she believes in Santa. And everyone around her is totally behind this. Like, let's let's keep lying to this girl who's supposed to be our friend and just letting her live a lie. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird. Like, the older I get, the madder I get about it. Like, God, tell these fucking people the truth. Jesus, stop lying to them for no reason. It's uncomfortable. And I don't think I've ever found it this uncomfortable, uh, like, watching individual episodes in the past. Yeah. Never stood out to me how consistently they swap between, um, or I guess how inconsistently they swap between her being sexual and, like, mature in that sense and yeah. having them with a child yeah like, I could, I, the I arty storyline is not cute to me because i'm like you are having sex with her but also yeah. acknowledging that she's not even at the level of knowing santa's yeah no i totally agree with you guys on on, on that which is probably why i say like there's the it's a nail it's another nail in the coffin of why wouldn't you let her be a person because you're so focused on making her a bimbo that it's like you've gone too far. I just like that it wasn't played for me last and it was almost done as like, all right, well, we're going to be supportive of some sort. I disagree. I agree with you guys that like you probably should actually not, that's not the right supportive you should be, but I yeah. think it was sweet. I mean, I would um, think it, it was very been... sweet if she weren't also having sex with him. Like, <laughs> fair. Where, like, it's Brittany isn't mature enough to understand Santa isn't real, and yet we have jokes about her being, like, drugged and having, isn't, wasn't that the, the reference in an earlier episode? Drugged and yeah. 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 And, like, yeah. like the this, alien crawled into her tent. Yeah, this should not be, like, a thing that is used for humor if, you know. But yeah, it would be sweet if not for that, if Glee could actually have maintained any consistency with it. I think the thing, I think the thing there is um, it's the dichotomy of you're making her childlike while also giving her not childlike activities. Mm-hmm. So it is very upsetting to some people to go, wow, I'm seeing this person as a child, but you guys are not treating her like which is that's like a lot <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah, it's just it's a lot it's like and even going so far as everyone goes to sit on santa's lap and ask for things and no <laughs> nobody's just like they break into her house not break in but you know they even her parents are behind it like yeah she still believes in santa because we're not good parents yeah because you can still be like a kind, sweet person and understand that Santa is a myth. They aren't mutually exclusive. I mean, that would even make for like a better storyline to me if Brittany was like, I want to like aspire to be what Santa is. And she was just a really positive person who wanted to give people gifts. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, are we just cold hearted people? Maybe so. Maybe. Anyway. I mean, I, I know okay. what I am. I do have, I do have a, despite my, my thoughts 
opinion that they were being sweet. I do dislike parents leaning into Santa. I understand that some parents feel I have their arguments are, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's easier. And I'm like, cool. I'm not a parent, but also I sort of feel like you don't need to lie to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just be like, Santa is, you know, spirit of Christmas, which means this. Ta-da. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think you need to lie and say it's an actual person, but you know, mm-hmm. so I, I basically, I agree with you guys on, on how you on how she, uh, how her parents, I guess she's, Terrible parents. We could have said something. That being, um, especially because before just like recently, sixteen. Yeah, like we just saw her believe in a magic comb too. Yeah, they leaned in really hard on the naive Britney this season. Yeah, it just like and and I feel like in later seasons it, she's not necessarily as naive as she is just dumb. Well, yeah. I guess we'll have to wait to see, but like because I I don't remember her feeling quite as naive as she does here. Because this is very dumb but innocent. I feel like in other seasons it's just dumb. But we'll wait. I'll wait to see what is totally said. You know, some of her non sequiturs that she says, and I can't actually think of one right now, but her little, like, asides where she says random things, where she gets words wrong, or, like, that's one level of her. And then there's believing in magic homes and Santa Claus. And it, there's just like a, a wide gap between what's funny and what's kind of sad. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that, I think we all know people that are at heart very, I want to say, I want to say not innocent, but um, have, have that sort of sweet spirit and wanting to think the, think positively on mm-hmm. everybody and everything and, and have that sort of, of thing that surrounds them where it's like, I'm going to, I was, if it was Disney, but like the best parts of Disney, not like the, the working people to the bone and make money off of them, Disney, but like the, the magic of Disney as a person and as a personality, where mm-hmm. it's just like, cool, I understand there are dark sides to people and society, but I'm just going to try to always be somewhat positive and think hopeful, happy things and be, and be continually, you know, inspired and and pleased when happy things when good things happen. We all know people like that, but yeah. they're also like full people and don't necessarily believe in in magical cup. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know if it's because um, we can't write that we're just gonna go so far over the edge, or it's like okay, uh, they the Glee does what they always do, which is let's we've made a personality type for Brittany, which is dumb kind of blonde bimbo. But we're going to lean so hard onto certain parts of that where mm-hmm. it's literally pushed off a cliff. Where it's like you've, you've leaned so hard into that one particular aspect of her being naive that you've literally forgot every other part of his characterization. And so now it's just the stereotype of a certain thing, certain emotion or yeah. personality trait. Uh, it's, I think Brittany is one of the best ones to, to showcase how poorly they do characterization. Yeah, I agree with that. Pretty, uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, and this doesn't even kind of go into, again, as we're just talking, the whole, the whole, you know, nature of what she asked for, which is... I know, no, you're totally I felt that was also clumsily handled. No, no, I I definitely agree with showing art, like, Artie's cannot be defined by whether or not he walks, and is it right for a group of um able-bodied writers to like 
the best gift he could receive is to walk. Like it I, honestly, it would yeah. have been a really good moment if they had spun that and had Brittany really want that and then had an episode where Artie was like, here's why it's okay, Brittany. Yeah. Like, here's the other perspective of that and made that his yeah. storyline. Yeah, agreed. I would have, I would have loved that. It were yeah. Artie to say, I don't, like, I don't need to walk. I need other spaces to be more open to how I get around because I can get around. Homeboy does, does like dances in his, um, right. yeah. in his wheelchair on the stage. Like he's, he's able to do shit. He just needs the world to be more accommodating for yeah. more than just yeah. people that walk. Um, I think that would have been a really interesting storyline. If they so really wanted to go into Artie walk, I would have liked to have actually seen him say he wants to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm like, and even then, I'm still gonna go. He still had an entire, you know, writing staff of able-bodied people having a having a somebody who's differently abled uh, talking about how badly they want to be able to walk. I, I still question that, but especially um, because Kevin McHale can walk. Yeah, you know, yeah. like later yeah. on, yeah. Ali Stroker will be in the um, what was that? The Glee. Uh, oh my God, what was it even called? I guess the Gleek Project. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I, she's on my mind because I just saw Oklahoma and she was fantastic. And a, mm-hmm. the show, it doesn't it doesn't reference her being in a wheelchair. It just makes slight accommodations for her to be able to perform like everybody else. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it, because later on she'll have a guest appearance on the show as someone who is in a wheelchair. It highlights the <laughs> the problem of Kevin McHale being Artie. Which, you know, mm-hmm. it's far too late. I don't think they would do it today. If they I don't think Kevin would do it today. No, agreed. Yeah, I don't think Kevin would take the role today. I think he said that before. Yeah. And I I get that. Uh, but yeah, so having his, uh, Artie's girlfriend's biggest wish being that he could walk and that her, she's not, <laughs> she's not all there. It's just, it, yeah, it's got a weird, yeah. it's got a weird tone and I feel like I don't have the vocabulary to really get at it properly mm-hmm. but yeah no it-, but it also is it's also another one of those but then at the end of the day like they don't even do anything with it mm-hmm. yeah no they so don't. it's not it's not like you know okay already got a rewalk which is a couple thousand dollars and can walk and now that's going to be a storyline where he you get to explore what that's like for somebody that's differently able on how you figure out how to maneuver in mm-hmm. a world that's built literally for just like able-bodied people. And um, okay, that is a very nuanced conversation that I do not ha- trust these writers to be able to handle, but that is an idea. But it's literally just like, we're gonna have Artie walk because that's gonna make everybody's heart happy to see somebody yeah. who's differently able finally get to walk because that's what people should really want to be able to do. And I'm like, that's literally what you're writing this for. And I just, I just have to admit, I have some issues with that. And I think you could have, like, it's a sweet sentiment that was not handled at all of thinking of other groups of people. Oh yeah, it makes Um, me I like, I like, maybe I like what you said, having, having, her really want that and, and already be giving already the ability to them talk about 
you know, why he doesn't need it. I think that would have been a very interesting, and then that would have been a fabulous way to like totally, you know, go, hey, I don't need this. It's okay that Santa wasn't able to bring it to me. Here's why. You could have acted up that way and it would have been, it would have been great. Yeah. Oh, could have well. been. Could have, should have, would have. The tagline for Clay. Exactly. And what a shame that that's, uh, that's the last issue we'll ever have with a Glee Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, How dare I, you? I, I'm going to also throw in one one last right before we before we shift to Dalton. Um, Rachel in this episode. Mm-hmm. I just have a note here that says Rachel, if you were a dude, this would be this would be harassment and a Me Too situation. <laughs> Yeah, I need you to yeah. stop trying to make Finn happen, and I do. I do feel maybe not, maybe not quite a me, hashtag me too. I was just frustrated watching her because I wanted no, no, to get Dalton. But yeah, um, if, but I'm like, if it were, yeah, if it were a dude pursuing uh, a female character the way that she is going after Finn and like getting him to meet her places alone when he did, clearly doesn't want to and touching him, be like, romantic. Yeah, when he yeah. doesn't seem to want to like it, and then being upset and vindictive when he's not, like, yes, that would be yeah considered harassment. Especially when when that character is mad at you because you cheated on them. Yeah. Like, I, I I'm like, no, this this is I need you to I need you to basically everything you're doing this episode I need you to not. Yeah, I need you to understand how this comes across. And but then, then it also really just. Yeah, like the other characters don't look at her and go, "Hey, could you chill for like, give the man some breathing room." Yeah, he's Very not nice. into you right now. Let it go. He just, he just doesn't. He's just not that into you. He's yeah. just not that into you, um, Rachel. Someone didn't watch um, that. Clearly not. Um, but yeah, it 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 angered me, and I felt bad for Finn. And then and then the end of the episode came, and they have Finn making like like. I at Rachel and I'm just like, God damn, I'm I'm angry at those. Of course they did though. Because so, they're yeah. they're the couple that Glee wants to make happen, whether or not it feels right. Whether or not anyone or else any sex. Whether or not any and you know, I understand there are plenty of Finchel shippers out there. Uh that's that's on you guys. I just I have I have, I have nothing against the ship as like I just, it's just always frustrating because it didn't make sense. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay here and root for them to for a different relationship happen. I'm just gonna bitch about it. That's just how it yeah. is. I'm gonna bitch, but I'm not gonna Especially because so often I just think of Rachel as the kind of character who puts or or who I expect to put uh career and self above relationships. Mm-hmm. And she kinda hints at that a couple times where she's like, if if you're not gonna help me, I'm gonna do it alone. So then when when she fawns over Finn in a way that affects her capabilities as like a strong independent woman who wants to be a Broadway star and will do anything to get it. It just feels like Rachel, what do you don't go yeah. pursue your dreams, goddammit. Stop fawning over this dude. Just go. They they seem to facilitate between Rachel as the strong woman who's like, this is my dream and yeah. this is my goal and nothing will stop me. And the insecure teenage girl who needs to have a um the most popular boy yeah. as her boyfriend and and validation from him. Yeah. And I can I'm, in some cases I guess I can understand 
why there might be some of that at the beginning because Rachel's a teenage girl and society tells her that she needs to have a boy to approve of what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel strongly that the way they've talked about her parents would have uh, instilled a sense of you, you like you are you are whole and good and you can do everything on your own because you're perfect. Yeah. So I I would I do feel like there is a lot of um, not of issue with that because I agree with you that ultimately I see her as somebody that's like I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a star. And yeah. Without you, nothing will stop you. me. And nothing will stop me. Mm-hmm. And then so yeah, when she is more of the insecure teenage girl. I'm, I'm just like, well, that's a choice mm-hmm. that I was not expecting. Okay. That's one way to do it, I guess. As it, I no. guess. So any other thoughts and feelings we have on McKinley? Um, I thought it was funny that Katie oh. Lang sings for Sue. Hmm. Um, I like that. I will say, I, did, I, get, I have a note here that says, kudos for a non-traditional Santa? Question mm-hmm. mark? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like, okay, I'll give you some points for literally. You didn't need to have it be a non-traditional Santa, but you did. Oh, Not are like, we gonna? Yeah. Okay. Are we gonna come back to the rest of the songs? Do we want to talk about Clayne and then come back to the rest of the songs, or just talk about the songs and then still end with Clayne? Um, oh, if we talk about the rest of the songs now, that's kind of like wrapping up the whole McKinley section. Yeah. Do you want to do that? Because I, I kind of hate these songs. And I'm I'm someone who will listen to Christmas songs around Christmas. Not, I mean, maybe it's cold outside. I'll listen to whenever, and I'll fight you on this. But the rest of these songs are like they're boring, and there are better fucking Christmas songs out there than Island of Misfit Toys and We Need a Little Christmas. Uh, Last Christmas is kind of fun, I guess, even though again it's a little weird that she's stalking him through um, a Christmas tree patch. (laughs) Yeah, and mean one, Mr. Which, Grinch. by the way, that's that's a scary movie. One. It it is. It really is. I was expecting her to come out with an axe, but like the other songs that the Glee Club sings, like no wonder no one is giving you any money to help these kids. <laughs> Could you sing some better Christmas songs, please? Yeah. And that's they were all, all they were all very forgettable to me. Yeah, and I know you know they have three, four more Christmas episodes where they do sing more classic and, and better Christmas songs but like there's a reason some of these songs are classics and some of these songs you've never heard in your life. I'm, I'm pretty sure even when um the radio stations play non-stop Christmas music they don't even play some of these songs. They, yeah, yeah they only well and you know uh, talking about well I don't know how to phrase this as a spoiler but like you know talking about glee in current pop culture Baby, it's cold outside. Is still one of the Glee covers that I will hear around Christmas. Yeah, I hear that at least once mm-hmm. every Christmas. Yeah, which I think is great. It's nice that there are things that kind of stick around in pop culture. When right now, I think it's so very disposable that like I will miss entire genres of music because I didn't listen to the radio for three months. And you're, and then you come out of it, and you're like, wait, that was a thing that just entirely happened. Yeah, like, wait, this was a whole thing that people were in love with, and I never heard of it. I'm not that old. No. I'm I'm not that old. Anyway, so Uh, these other songs felt forgettable, and they felt like they could have done better. Agreed. But anyway, Dalton. I feel like a lot of of Christmas songs have to be in, like, public domain, so I'm not quite sure how they were, like, unable to find. I know. 
All right. So really, the point of this entire episode comes down to these, what, four minutes of episode out of 22? I forgot how little I know. I thought I kept waiting for us to go back and we didn't. And I was like, wait, what? But you know what? It felt good. We didn't need to go back. Those four minutes. I'm not saying they were enough because it's never enough, Clayne, but like, mm. sometimes you just need to stop and be grateful that Glee did a good thing and then stopped after the nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Before they ruin it. Yeah. Before they ruin it. Like, this was a good scene. It was, it's so charming and it's so warmly shot and it's so flirty and weirdly sexy which is odd for like two high school dudes I mean we know they're grown-ass adults in real life but they're playing high school yeah it's so like out of time in this poinsettia filled (laughs) library that nobody else is in he's got like a boom box that he brings in there's a reason that because Blaine, Blaine travels this way. He just travels with a boombox and a tape player, like, and and you buy it and you're like, yes, this is exactly how this kid rolls. Like, and you're like, that sounds like Blaine. It sounds, it sounds right. It's so uh, they sound so good. Again, they picked a song that worked for them. I'm not gonna yeah. get into the argument about whether or not "Baby It's Cold Outside" is a creepy song because I, bleh, that's a discourse I just don't care about. Unless yeah, you guys have a fight I, about whether or not maybe it's cold outside is creepy. Not really. I just want to enjoy the song for mm-hmm. nice thing. Just let I, me have this nice one, thing. Can I, say one, can I say one thing on this? Yes. On that? I'll leave it. Growing up, I thought it was a really, really creepy song and I hated it. Um, and because Kurt and Blaine sing it, I, I kind of did a little bit more. Okay, let me think about this a bit more. And I think people look at the lyrics of the song and go, oh my God, mm-hmm. but missing the underlying tone of she doesn't want to go. Exactly. And even though there are some lines that are clearly of the time that that, that is a joke at that point, like, is there something in the drink? Like, that's not a line that's funny now. Um, but I always took that more as alcohol than like, you know, anything worse than that. And I'm pretty sure it's not one like let's let's just talk about you know date rape drugs in a in a Christmas song anyway. So mm-hmm. we're obvious we're all taking that too far anyway. But the point is she doesn't want to go, and that's I think when people get really angry at the song, yeah. you're missing that underlying point. And while some of the lines may be much for our current thoughts and feelings on this, because we're battling with a lot of issues in patriarchal society and making women do things they don't want to do. Yeah. She didn't want to go. But it's also missing point. the cultural context that at the time she couldn't say let's bone. Yeah. Because of patriarchal exactly. requirements. Exactly. So she was saying, oh, I got to go, even though I want to say things with you. And he's like, here are reasons. Yeah. So if you're, if you're listening to this and he's like, this sounds terrible. I'm like, I thought that all growing up, but I think part of it was just because I was looking at literally the words and mm-hmm. not actually what was trying to be said. If you think it's terrible, that's fine. I'll listen to it for you. The only exactly. thing to be cautious of with that song are men who defend the lyrics a little too passionately. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. If they're taking it a that's little fair. too seriously. Yeah. 
Um, that being said, the um, Kurt playing this, oh, no, I've got to go, and literally Blaine just, like, hop scooting across the back of the couch. I know. So, like, Nadal is, is yeah. adorable as hell, and you will not tell me otherwise. The mm-hmm. choreography in this performance is just so fantastic. It's so casual but intimate, and I don't know how many times they rehearse, but there's, like, little movements each of them do that are very specific to their characters. That Well, then that also goes, did, you, did the choreographer go, okay, I want you to do X, Y, Z, or is mm-hmm. that more on on actor going, okay, I'm going to take this movement where I go across the room and I'm going to do X, Y, Z because that's what Kurt would do. Mm-hmm. I have all those questions. I don't know. We'll have to ask them one day. Can we get Zach Woodley on What's the it? show? Yeah. That would be Zach, fun. That would be really fun. Zach, if you're listening, because I'm sure you are. Um, oh, that'd be like that. We have thoughts and questions and feelings. Um, no, just please explain this entire song. It's just it's so sweet and, and you adorable. Can get, you know, we're talking about forward momentum of the characters in the plot lane. Like you do get the moment at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Well, you get you get when Kurt says they'd never let t- the two of us do this together. Mm-hmm. You see Blaine clocking what he accidentally means, and then at the end, you absolutely know that Blaine is like, "Oh shit." I'm into this guy, and it's over. See, I'm not entirely convinced that Blaine gets it yet. yet. Mostly because of a specific thing in an episode coming up that makes me think he probably wouldn't have done if he knew. Mm. That one scene that I texted you both about to say, holy crap, I forgot this was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, memory i yeah yeah i mean yeah no spoilers because yeah. it's such a hilariously awful scene that i can't wait to talk about it <laughs> which God, I'm sure i love includes. that scene it's oh, so I, like it's, it's yeah <laughs> the secondhand embarrassment just yeah. makes me cry a little bit but no I, that is it's a good a lot, point I, I hate secondhand embarrassment but apparently not well maybe it's not maybe it's not blaine who noticed something maybe it's the actors Hmm. Maybe. Well, see, that's what I have. I have a, a note here. I said, okay, so by now they're definitely want to play up to the flirting because mm-hmm. the entire song, even though they're like, ah, oh, ha, ha, they're doing it in character, they didn't need to go. Like, they didn't need to go this hard, but they went. <laughs> that so, I agree so, with. Um, it, whether at some point, you know, last week, um, was the week before, we talked about when we thought that the writers wanted to make claim a uh, thing versus mm-hmm. you know otherwise um but do we think this was part of that or was this just part of a a setup to say hey we want to show kurt getting a an unrequited crush on his um kind of advisor but like his um mentor yeah thank you on his mentor and then maybe blaine as his mentor you know kind of uh helps him navigate through his you know his emotions to go okay no that's not that's not how I see you and then you know you can kind of any whole occurrence eventually move on and get a boyfriend um so this I'm trying this is what when I look at it, I go this is flirty is this uh Chris and Darren are playing them flirty is this um 
the writers going, we want Kurt to have a crush on Blaine that's going to be unrequited flirty, or is this, oh God, these two these two actors have have chemistry and work well together. We're going to just make this a thing, and it's just going to we're going to build up this Kurt and Blaine storyline, and Blaine's just going to be and Jim, Blaine is just going to be an idiot and not and not realize because that's how I see Blaine right now. It's just like I love Kurt. Kurt's the best. <laughs> and going on about him and everybody else is like yeah we know you're in love with him and he just is completely oblivious that's maybe basically how i see all of it hmm? maybe it's a little bit yeah. of all of it maybe confluence but, of like actor chemistry writers realizing actor chemistry the needs of the plot some horny ad exec someone's someone had no a idea <laughs> Or some, you know, someone's cousin yeah. is a fan of uh, so and so, and they're like, you know what? You know what I need to see? Uh-huh. <laughs> I need to see them. I need to see them uh, um, being flirty and, and, and cute. Yeah. Murphy. Murphy was just yeah, having was a just... really good day. Yeah. It's just it, it. Watching it makes me go. There's it. This is clearly obvious flirting, and no, in no way. Yeah. And they didn't need to go that hard with with how they're flirting with each other and i'm assuming i do believe there are little touches and little things that chris and darren did with their characterizations of kurt and blaine and kurt and blaine that mm-hmm. were unique to them um because i think i think there are there are times where you can literally see darren mouth the word kiss and he gets I like know. a kiss on the cheek and it's not in the script but it's like it's just a cute little thing that they like they did as sort of like oh just to establish we're our, our what our you know relationship was as Kurt and Blaine, and I so I know they do that, but I didn't I don't know if they would have so early. So mm-hmm. I feel like okay maybe there's a little bit more of just the writers or the p or the directors or the people on set realizing this the way they the way they play off of each other is really good. We should just pu- keep pushing it, and then eventually. And I, I, at some point, I wish I knew, like, this is the episode where they went, cool, scrap anybody else that we were going to do for Kurt. Apparently, this is what we're doing. <laughs> Wait, I wish there was an easy, I wish there was an episode that you could, like, see that. But, like, I don't know. I don't know when they, I mean, technically, I guess, um, original song is when they go, cool, scrap that, this is what we're doing. But I feel like they would have figured that out before before that episode. Yeah, I would think so. Although, you never fucking know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You never know. Never know. Well, fair enough. Anyway, all I all I really have here is I have uh the the bit about asking about flirting and that this is the beginning of our Christmas duets. It, it's it. the first duet they ever sing together. Um also it's the best in this episode. Oh, it's the it best is. song in yeah. this episode. It's one of the best songs in the series and I'll fight people for that. It really is one of their best duets because it's so it fits. I agree. It fits like where they are in their relationship. It fits the story. It fits the their voices because a couple of their songs, you're like this, especially in later seasons where things are getting really rushed and like slapdash half-ass. Or even, even candles. I I love the original <laughs> song. I hate yeah. their duet. So I know. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's really hard to hate a Clay yeah. song, but man, that's pretty well trounced in the fandom. This is like why. So yeah, and this is I think I would agree. This is one of the top three duets that they sing. That they sing, and and it fits everything. I know, dog. I know. Yeah. 
Sorry about that. Same buddy. Same buddy. She was very excited about about the clean duet. And my dog <laughs> wanted me to pass along her thoughts and feelings and that she got very excited. I mean Wesley was scratching Talking at the door earlier. Ah. <laughs> uh, if only if only everybody listening knew the le- the, the frustrations and <laughs> levels we go to in to home podcasting that also take out animal interventions. <laughs> yep. Um, that was not any of us like discussed or thought about when we're like, let's do this. Fuck, how do we do this around? <laughs> how do we shut them up? We don't. And there have been many, many a time where I feel like we've we've been like, well, animals is gonna animals, mm-hmm. so we're just gonna have to power through. Just keep talking. It doesn't matter. Yeah, or like I'm continually pausing my, I'm not pausing, I'm muting myself so I can throw a ball when I'm not talking. Mm-hmm. Because somebody's mm-hmm. decided I need now. So, yeah. yeah, for those of you out there who are curious on me how the back end of this whole thing works, <laughs> there's a little peek behind the curtain. It's a lot of yelling quietly at our animals. And 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 good editing on the and other like, end to make it seem like we're not. Occasionally, like, knocking things off and dropping microphones and it's good times. Uh, I, I just assumed everybody that podcasted just like did it straight through with a, a minimal editing and then realizing later like oh no no mm-hmm. people don't do that. <laughs> no. That's, that's fake. This is a random jaunt down that, that line. Um, jump back into how to jump, we'll jump back into the, some, some things on podcast in a second but I do want to make sure we're done with talking about dolphins. And do we have I'm any? I mean, we're never done talking. I, I realized after I said that, that's fair. Yeah, I think for this episode, we've covered everything. Yes. Noted. That's a good, that's a good amendment. Yeah. Because, um, you know, so little happens. It's just that singing. And yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's just so sweet. All right. I mean, do I need to ask what our favorite song was? I feel like. I, pretty self-explanatory there. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And also pretty Um, explanatory that I hate the rest. (laughs) Not even to give you a um, second choice song. I uh, I'm not gonna ask for a for a give me give me a give me your favorite song other than this one. I'm not gonna be that person. Um, I do have a fun fact that in the episode uh, when Mike was was sitting on Santa's lap, um, he wishes for Channing Tatum to stop being and stuff. Yes, that's my favorite line. Uh, Uh, fabulous. Because Harry Shum was in uh, Step Up Two with Jan Tatum, and I find I just find that yep. obviously now that I ruined Emily's favorite line, doesn't mean that I just managed to her favorite line. Um, I actually liked the line where Shu is like, "You don't hate Christmas," and Sue says, "No, I just hate you." Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, good line. Um, no Shu, I just hate you. <laughs> I think it's fair. Same, same Sue, same. Um, so what did we what do we think on the the um Artie scale? I mean, he he had a pretty prominent like storyline. Yeah, it was not a bad. Though it was well, screen time wise, it was not a bad Artie episode. Was that like a four yeah, out of right. a five? Yeah, yeah, I'd say four out of five. Because he didn't get a he didn't get like his own song. He didn't. I, he like, I disagree. Song. I mean, and I and I can see why maybe some of us would be like, you know, you're. Your your 
treating your girlfriend like a child and that's kind of creepy. Yes. <laughs> so we'll give you a four because you, you had, you had some mm-hmm. lines and you had your character had plot in this episode, which is apparently where our, you know, where our lines are for like what we're looking for here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Already. And then uh, Klein Dex. Mm, this is, I mean, it was such minimal time, but it was such good time. Yeah. Is this like a six or a seven out of ten? I, 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 I would say six. Yeah, I think quality over quantity in this case. Okay. All right. Because there are times we get a lot of them and we're like, well, that was worthless. <laughs> That's not the claim I asked for. Yeah. Oh, God. That was the refrain that I ended up saying a lot at some point. <laughs> it gets bad, you guys. It gets bad. Sorry. Spoilers. Sorry. Clane is amazing all the time, right? It's like sick exists. It's all fine. Um, all right. So do we have any any last thoughts or feelings on this uh, this episode? No. Um, yes, that I okay. think one else will agree with. But the very last scene where Sue has decorated Schuster's house was just like my deep dark secret of they go from enemies to friends to lovers and it really set up if that had been the trajectory of them this would have been that episode we're like well they've gone from enemies to friends because she you know she had her grinch change of heart and she gave him a christmas and they had that shared a little they shared a moment together i mean that that would have made sense if they started to do that yeah so in my in my mind, this is the the turn of their relationship into Act Two, from from enemies to friends, and then Act Three comes like Season Four, where they shift into a relationship. God, I can't, I can't, I can't like this. <laughs> That's why my deep dark secret. Don't don't look at me. What do the kids say? Don't at me. Are you doing fellow kids? My fellow kids. <laughs> I gotta go ice my knee. All right. Well, um, I think. That's all we have for the episode. Didn't we have some um, podcast on a whole updates that we want to run through? Oh, yes, we do. Um, We have uh, updates, I guess. We finally, I guess, after much consideration, as much as we consider anything ever, have set up a Patreon account because why not? Because all the cool kids do it. So it's literally just patreon.com slash glee on the rocks. And there's a couple low level tiers with some, we're going to do some first listen access to the podcasts as they come out and, you know, user only content and news as we have those things. And then we're going to do some giveaways. So you'll get like entries to our giveaways. We're going to have like glee swag and other pop culture swag that we have accumulated over the years as being uh, pop culture weirdos. And we then, have a lot. We've got a lot of stuff hanging around. And then um, kind of one of the higher tiers that we are going to do are some mini episodes where we will produce some you know, shorter 10 to 20 minute episodes covering current uh, Glee news because it's been 10 years and yet Glee still shows up in pop culture. And, uh, you know, covering things that the cast is doing up-to-date stuff with the cast like new songs and new music and new movies and and things of that nature so the point of the patreon is we would like to shift from our kind of free uh 
service where we record this podcast to a much better paid service called Zencaster. Um, but that costs money and we don't have money. And also upgrading our microphones to give you better quality every episode all the time in perpetuity. So, I mean, I guess until the world ends, which eh, depending on climate change. So that so is... like next year. <laughs> so I feel like next year, who fucking knows? So that is where we are right now. Um, so you can check that out if you would like to, what is it called? Subscribing, following, paying? I'm not sure. Patroning, pa- patroning. That is uh, like the patron. To to patron. That is launched and live, uh, and we'll start posting some links to that on our various social media accounts to uh, to get the word out. And that's my and we yay yay for updates, yay for having mm-hmm. full news news pieces, yeah. and yay for uh, us sounding like professionals. At yeah, point. basically, we want to sound more professional for you guys when you're listening. And it, we just need a little help doing that. Yeah. Any well, other ideas? <laughs> I don't think we have any other updates. All right. So we've got favorite songs, favorite lines, our Kevin McHale scale, and our claim deck. <laughs> Never realized right. that until just now. That is that is why I called it the McKevin scale. It's the Kevin McHale scale. The McKevin scale? Mm-hmm. Got it. The Kevin McScale. Kevin McHale. <laughs> Too late to change. If I can make a pun off the names, I will. (laughs) Fucking do it. Let's just let's Let's just leave it there. I got you. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to say uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, (laughs) and that's that you missed on Glee. At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car. (laughs) Or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance. And we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.